The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Outlander Business, the two-seater commercial SUV with over 2,000 litres of cargo space, two-ton towing capacity and legendary four-wheel drive technology. Mitsubishi Motors.ie uh, Are you there, Graham? I'm right here in beautiful Washington, D.C. in our studios at uh, the Weekly Standard, the Washington Examiner, and Red Alert Politics, reading a fantastic tweet from a George Hook, quote, Jesus Christ Almighty, this is an unmitigated disaster, hashtag Brexit. And given that the stock market in, in the U.K., I believe when I woke up this morning, was higher than it was before Brexit, I'm just wondering if you would like to revise or amend your comments, George. No, it, of course it's an unmitigated disaster. I mean, for Europe, sure, but for UK, it's brilliant. Hey, Graham, sorry, I know you've been doing this for about fourteen years. It's a bit late to discover that this is Ireland, not Britain. It's not good for us. It's not good for us. But back in the UK. Oh, okay, okay. As long as we're we're clear on this, you know, of course we're the clear on Britain this. Taking care of Britain is a bad thing for everybody else, but it's of course the right thing for the people of Britain to do. I just want to, you know, last week we, we really, you couldn't really have me on the show. I think it was on for 12 seconds because you were weeping and crying and the Euro weenies were gnashing their teeth. And well, what I did Friday uh, morning here in, uh, you know, uh, DC time is I uh, took my little, I have a little bit of 401k, not a lot, but a little bit of savings, you know, kind of thing. And I dumped it in the pound and in the, uh, uh, what do you got? What do they call the footsie, the pound and the footsie. And I am a very happy investor today okay. because I bet on the UK and against the Euro weenies, which is how I'm going to continue to bet. All right. Uh, of course, you have this novel thing in America. You call the 401k the IRA, which always used to be very interesting for us <laughs> when we went over there. And we I'm saw- a big IRA supporter. <laughs> I just gave a bunch of money to my IRA. What? Yeah. So, listen, the last person prior to this week that I saw with 11 credit cards was you. <laughs> um, but what do you think? I mean, do your how do your charges work out over there? Do they have scams and scandals or? Oh, charity. Well, um, of course, there are there are charity scams and scandals. It's just just part of life. It's you know, sadly part of human nature. And you'll see, we just had a story here in the D.C. area. Was a teacher was caught. You know, she was supposed to be handling the sports money for the sports team, and she didn't had embezzled a few thousand dollars of the money for T-shirts. Yeah, and but this is different. Pocket. Like yeah, this is, is getting a ton of money this. from the the state. Exactly, and these you have these mega charitable organizations that do no measurable good but spend a huge amount of money flying people around in corporate jets and putting them up in fancy hotels and whining and dining them. But enough about the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> what else would you like to talk about? Just remember, everybody in Ireland, while you're celebrating uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton, she and her husband collected $150 million in their, quote, foundation while she was either a senator, secretary of state, or candidate for president, uh, and then not, that, that doesn't even include the millions of dollars that they made. Yeah, quote, but hold on, while, but but they but they're giving all that to poor people. And no, they're the not devastated countries after crap. earthquakes. That's crap, George. It's just like the Red Cross and the crap with the uh, with Haiti. They collected. Hey, all watch it, kiddo! I've been down in Haiti, and we worked our butt off down there to build houses. 
No, there, there were people in, in building houses in Haiti. Me, were, me, and a yeah, ton but, more. But the Red Cross, but the Red Cross collected a bunch of money over here in the states and built almost no housing. They went to their their uh, you know offices and to their salaries. And so what we have in the in the states is if you are a charitable organization, you have to fill out what's called a 990, and it lists all of your expenditures. And if you commit fraud on that, there's serious you know prison time. But what I've learned, because I, in political work, I work for some I, uh, some can, some elected officials who who regulate charities, is that there's no requirement. You can you, you can collect a hundred dollars and spend ninety nine of them on liquor and high living, and as one as long as one dollar goes to the charitable purpose, and you disclose that fact, you're completely legal. You're despicable. But you're illegal, and that's what the Clintons are doing. They collect all this money, and it go and it washes around to their buddies and their friends and whatever. But some of it does make its way to you know groups that claim they're doing good, and so they're off the hook for all the flights they took and the hotels they stayed in, blah blah blah. Yeah, well, given all this blah blah blah, I mean, <laughs> Trumpy is such a, a pillar of integrity. He must be <laughs> swinging away at the election. Of course not. He's losing. He's going to lose badly. I mean, who's worse on charity than than the Clintons? Trump. Trump, who talks about how much he loves the vets. Do you know that Don, this is not a joke, uh, George? Donald Trump has literally given more money to Hillary Clinton <laughs> than he has to the veterans. Because remember, he used to be a Democrat backer and gave a bunch of money to the Clintons. So, uh, it's, so he's he's got a bad record there, and he keeps making these promises about giving oh, money no. to veterans groups. But he has to be. It, it wasn't until months later when the media kept confronting him that he finally cracked down and pried open that wa his wallet is almost as prized together as yours, George. <laughs> you, you have to have a you have to have a wrench and a and a crowbar and then a moth flies out when you finally pull it apart. Now, did you, because you're now in Washington, D.C., and, and uh, I mean, that's a, a couple of hours flight from Atlanta, Georgia, where you mm -hmm. used to be. Um, right. Did you leave Atlanta, Georgia, like Rory McIlroy and Jason Day and everybody because of Zika virus, or <laughs> why did you leave? Uh, well, as you know, George, I left for this uh, this uh, gig with the uh, Weekly Standard and the Washington Examiner, et cetera. But I will say this. The only people who are showing any sense about the Zeke Olympics are the people who are refusing to go. What kind? Of, first, first of all, the Olympics are a joke. They should have been abandoned decades ago. But who the heck had the brilliant idea, let's find a third world country with a, you know, with a, a mosquito-borne illness that is also transmitted from a uh, man to woman in sex, you know, sexual partners. And let's get a bunch of people from literally every country in the world together so they can get stung by those mosquitoes, then get on their airplanes and fly back to Ireland and Irian Jaya and Iran and everywhere else, just to make sure that if there are any mosquitoes who don't have the stuff, they, they you know, they've got a chance to get it. It is an extraordinary idiots. decision. It is an extraordinary decision. It's but, idiotic. And the, but, the, but then there's the bigger issue. Who the hell needs the Olympics anyway? If you care about soccer, God forbid, you've already got the World Cup. If you care about a guy, you've got the championships, you've got rugby. You've got the hasn't Olympics. in the Olympics yet, despite yeah, your it should best be. By the way, guy yeah. and hurling would immediately improve the Olympics <laughs> in a heartbeat. Hurling but is rugby, like yeah. Who, who cares? Like, yeah. but, but here's my point. Any great, if, if, you're a, if you have a sport you love, you already have national and international championships. The ones who need uh, Olympics are the ones that people don't care about, like curling and 
skiing and rifle shooting or whatever that thing is. I'm not these idiotic, nobody cares about sports. And inevitably, the only countries who get the Olympics, with rare exception, are these third world backwaters who bribe the Olympic officials who make the world soccer officials look like choir boys. They're so openly corrupt. So it's the corruptocrat, mosquito-borne illness, you know, a third world rat hole fest that we're having in Brazil, why would anyone in their right mind go to this thing? But it, it, there is a reason, though, Michael, why golfers aren't going. Because, like, next week, the Open Championship takes place. And you can be absolutely certain that every professional golfer would prefer to win the Open Championship than the Olympics. The Olympi- an Olympic gold medal in golf, uh, to be honest, is is meaningless the same way as a tennis gold medal uh, is of in the Olympics of race time. We're does Wimbledon. a tennis player want to win the Olympics or Wimbledon? Answer Wimbledon. Do, you, do golfers want to win yeah. the Olympics or the Masters? Answer the Masters. I mean, we we already have this. This is a leftover from a, an era when you know travel was done by horses and boats, and people rarely got together, and you needed the ability to communicate and so you could do politics and sports and goodwill all together those days are done it's over done but so but to be fair though thugs rich yeah. we're making we're giving we're giving china and russia these oppressive uh, uh dictatorial regimes a chance to pat themselves on the back and raise credibility or we're giving some you know uh, backwater uh, community a chance to make the rich families richer while the poor literally have no place to sleep or no place right. to urinate. Was it's there off. any point in in your life where the Olympics excited you, was it? Mm, I mean, like every American, and I was a kid then when, you know, America beat Russia in the Olympic Games. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, the, the miracle on ice. That was an, um, one amazing moment, but that was it. And and if the if we still had a, a Cold War world, if we still had a polarized world, maybe there'd be some energy, some emotional energy. But I'll tell you, I, it's interesting to me how little people talk about the Olympics while they're happening anymore. I just, I mean, t- t- it, they become like another sporting event. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like the World Cup's a big deal for soccer fans. And if you run into soccer fans, they're all talking about it. But the Olympics used to transcend you know, the individual sports it used to be a cultural thing. And I, I don't know how it is in Ireland, but in America, it's like, oh, yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, they're on. What cable channel is that? Oh, you know, channel 3029. Yeah, OK, whatever. Yes. But, but I mean, you see, you know, you can't remember uh, like war torn 1948 London yeah. stood on its head to give the Olympics. L- little Helsinki in 52 and uh, the Russians arrived for the first time. The, the, the great event in Melbourne in 56, Rome in 1960. You know, the Olympics were the greatest show in yeah, the but, world. But George, then this thing Not happened. anymore. Well, Not then, anymore. Exactly. Now we have these things called TVs. <laughs> And we have, you know, people can watch great sports on TV any night of the week. And the world has changed. The Olympics are obsolete. And now this year, they're, just, I'm sorry, the Olympics are obsolete and corrupt. So every one of your listeners at News Talk who supports the Olympics is supporting corruption. But now this year, they're also dangerous because you are going to have women who are exposed to possibly bad outcomes in childbirth because of the Olympics. And that is extraordinary. So don't do it. Just po- cancel and move and postpone them. Seriously, who would know, who would remember a year from now if the Olympics were canceled? No one would remember. They just go on and they'd say, "When's the next World Cup match? When's the next? Right. When, when when is real football going to have the uh, Super Bowl?" That's that's all. Pe- that's what people remember. 
There, there's some interesting polling information on Clinton and Trump, though, isn't there? Uh, well, there's the polls are all over the place in the sense that they, they vary wildly on the amount, but they are consistent on one thing, which is that Trump is losing and Hillary's winning. And that's there, there's no way around that. And it's only going to get but worse. But it's only four oh, 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 I know the poll you mean. This is how, yes, this is how unpopular America's politicians are a, a, a legit polling group, a democratic leaning legit polling group, PPP did a poll and they asked people, what would you rather do? A vote for Hillary Clinton, B vote for Donald Trump, C have the earth plowed into by a massive meteor of doom, massive meteor of doom got 13% of the vote. <laughs> <laughs> Another 7% got, I'm not sure, like it was too close to call. So in other words, uh, the the best our two major party candidates can do against the meteor of doom is 40%. That's the best they can do. That's that's where we are in America. That's how bad it is. Yeah, and Trump will win. <laughs> Trump's not going to win. Trump's not going to come close. Listen, listen, you've got a minute all your devoted listeners want to know what do you what you've left uh, Michael Graham talk in Atlanta. You're now in Washington right. D.C. and what are you doing? Tell them all. So, so there are a, a couple of great magazines: the Weekly Standard with Bill Crystal, one of the Never Trumpers, and Fred Barnes and the gang. There's a great uh, magazine news source called the Washington Examiner, and they make all this great print content and great web word content but they want to do more audio and video. So I'm the multimedia director. So I do podcasts uh, that I host here. I also uh, oversee and direct videos. So we make uh, video and audio and a lot of great programming. And uh, I'm just getting started and the best is yet to come. So if you go to washingexaminer.com or weeklystandard.com, or if you just follow me on Twitter, I am M Graham, you'll see some of this stuff, but uh, I, I'm in the center of it, George, and I will be at the conventions. So I will be there in Cleveland when uh, Donald Trump takes the stage and, and I and I take to the bottle. It will happen <laughs> simultaneously, but I'll be there. Well, the main reason for taking the bottle, Michael, with respect, is it's Cleveland. It's not Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you can't say that anymore. Now that the Cleveland Cavaliers are the world's greatest uh, basketball team. It's one, of the few, the first it's one of the few places. I think Dubuque, Iowa was worse, but Clint, Cleveland, well, you know, Ohio, no. Cleveland became famous when they had a major fire uh, back in the 70s. The problem wasn't that there was a fire because, you know, many cities have had a fire, Chicago, New York, et cetera. Their fire was literally on their lake. <laughs> the water was so polluted in, in the right. river that it caught on fire. But, but in all seriousness, you know, there's not a lot of center-right media content, as you know, in Europe. The Washington Examiner and the Weekly Standard, two great outlets for a different view. Some super smart people, much smarter than okay. me. Okay. All right. Like, there you uh, have it. He's, uh, I gave him 90 seconds of a plug. Much, much deserved. To Michael Graham in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, of course, it's Zika-free, but they're polluted with Graham, <laughs> which is danger you can get.